everybody, it's Jeff Antoniak. Welcome to J&J &J on Jazz, powered by Jazzwire. And I want to introduce my friend James. I happen to know that James owns a pink hockey jersey. That, and I happen to know that Jeff played hockey as a nine-year-old, and he got to play because his dad was the coach. Is that right? Well, yes, I'm Canadian, and uh, that's kind of sad when you can't, as a male, make the hockey team and dad has to be the coach. But uh, there you go. That's it. That's it. And now, today, we want to talk about the blues and hockey. And here's the thing. Hockey is pretty simple, but it's deep. And here's the thing. Uh, hockey can make you very happy, but it can make you sad when you're getting punched in the face, right? Like the blues. And here's the thing. Uh, hockey comes in three sections, and so does the blues. Look at that. That's beautiful. That's deep, right? <laughs> that is deep. That's right. There's freedom in the form in hockey, too, you know? Oh, my gosh. That's how we roll at J&J. &J. So, <laughs> so James and I, and, and that's the deal with what we want to do with this show, is uh, we don't really work out exactly what we're going to talk about. I don't know what his sweet spots are, how he feels about this music. And that, of course, is a conversation. I don't want to have a conversation with somebody who I know exactly what they're going to say. No fun. So James and I decided we, you know, we both understand how important the blues are and to learning and, you know, everything you need to know, I think, is inside the blues. What do you think, James? Yeah, the blues is my workshop. That's the place where I go to work out new ideas, to work on new concepts, to make sure that I'm taking care of my fundamentals, the stuff that I know I have to have together all the time. The blues is my workshop. I love that. And inside Jazzwire, with all the adult students I work with there, I'm always talking about having a laboratory to do our experiments in, right? And so for me, the blues is fantastic if you're working on a 251 or if you're working on a secondary dominant or working on dominant chords. Of course, that's, that's what goes on in the blues. So yeah, I call it a laboratory. You call it a workshop. It's the same thing. That's beautiful. That's fantastic. Yeah, great. Yep. Well, I know one of the things we were talking about doing is maybe you playing a couple choruses of blues and us talking about what you do, if there's anything you're aware of that you did, if there's anything I heard or I'm wondering about, and, um, and just sort of figure that out. I could do the same thing. I could play a couple choruses. And here's what we're going to do for everybody out there is we're going to transcribe our solos. That's James and my assignment to each other. He'll transcribe his solo. I'll transcribe my solo. And that's going to be... Uh, something that we offer to those of you on our mailing list. And there's going to be many more PDFs coming up and links and things like that. So um, so please send an email to uh, right here, jnjonjazz at gmail.com. We'll put you on the mailing list. And then whenever we have something, we'll get it to you. So transcriptions of these two solos. Here's the other thing, very important. On the mailing list, uh, every week we have a new useless button. And it's a button you hit and it does something incredibly useless but awesome. The one last week, when you hit that button on the email that you get, it makes uh, James's garage door go up and down. Yeah. So um, yeah. over 2,000 times your garage door went up and down. Thank you to those of you who clicked that button. Yeah, thank you also There's because new... somebody was able to steal a couple of my hockey sticks out of the garage. And you know what? It's really, it's really cut back on the amount of misery in my life. So it's great. I appreciate oh, that, everybody. God. Thanks a lot for that. Great. And fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Well, James, you want to play a couple courses of blues for us? We're going to play an F concert. And James will play a couple courses unaccompanied. And that's something we could talk about, too. Why unaccompanied? Is that a thing? Is that important? And uh, we'll just go from there. So, uh, yeah. Sounds great. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> 
Oh, man, beautiful. Yeah, we need to play together. We need to get in the same room. Yes, we do. <laughs> Very cool. Well, you know, one thing, the, the the first, the big thing that struck me was the momentum in your playing, actually. So this is not necessarily talking about the blues, but it and, and so not only exactly the notes you played, what are the chord changes, what are the notes you picked, what hip substitutions, what devices, I was... I make that distinction between what and how and mm. how you were playing those notes. You could have played half step away and it would have sounded awesome because of that intention you were playing with. Is that something you can talk about or, or does it, does it, do you know what I mean? I think I know I what that? you mean. Yeah. I always try to focus on time before anything else. And one of the things that um, a, a number of teachers that I had over the years talked about a lot was the strength of your line is always more important than the substance of your line, maybe harmonically or melodically. Um, Tim Higgins always used to tell me that, that jazz is, bebop in particular, is goal-oriented music, so always think forward. I only got to have a couple lessons with him, but they were really, really transformative. So I've always tried to think about that, and I, and I especially at that tempo, I want to I have that bounce in my in my playing and and that just uh it makes me happy when other cats play that way so yeah that that all makes that all makes sense to me uh and i appreciate you saying nice things because there was stuff i should have played that i didn't but that's how it goes <laughs> <laughs> that is how it goes and i forgot that we have tim Higgins in common that we had both studied with tim way back in the day that's very cool and speaking of studying with people i have to let people out there know about maryland summer jazz mm -hmm. this is the 18th year of maryland summer jazz coming up this july of course we're in the middle of what's going on in the world it's not really clear is the world going to be open this summer or not etc cetera, etc cetera. so as we did this last winter as we did last summer we're doing maryland summer jazz online and virtual and what that means is people from across north america can join us but it also means that people from around the world europe australia singapore and that's folks we had last year can join us james is on faculty um, we have a killer faculty, uh, Paul Bolenbach, guitarist from New York. But check this out. Wayne Escoffrey, Grammy winner on the Ooh. saxophone. Bruce Barth, who used to play piano with Tony Bennett. Check this out. Um, Randy Brecker is joining us for a day. Jeff Tane Watts on the drums, joining us for a day. Kenny Werner on piano. Vincent Herring. Peter Bernstein on guitar, on and on. So it's an amazing, wow. amazing thing. And we've really figured out how to do online education. So uh, go to the website, MarylandSummerJazz.com. And I hope you'll join us. We have two different three-day sections in July, July 16 through 18, and I think it's July 23 through 25. So study with James and all these other amazing, amazing players. It's legit, Jeff. So. It's legit. I got it real quick. Last summer was the first time I got to do it with everybody, and I was really worried that that Zoom would would be a challenge. And man, I had such a blast teaching, and, and it was just it was it was a transformative experience for me. So uh, just 
it, it's it's legit. It is the real deal. It is not some sort of half stepping thing. It is the real deal in person or on Zoom. Guaranteed. It's awesome. Well, uh, I I appreciate that. When we decided that we were going to and had to do it virtually, it was important to me that it's not some watered down and worse version. It's different and some incredible strengths in the format. So that's great. So man, I want to know a little bit about some of the things that you played and were aware of playing. Uh, Let me ask this question. Was everything you played brand new, pure improvisation, coming directly from the muse in this moment? I'm only laughing because the same people that would give me nicknames to put on the back of my my hockey jersey who are musicians would say, we hear James play the same stuff all the time. None of that was new, okay? (laughs) But no, I think for, for me, a lot of it I know is stuff that I've played before, especially the lines that I play, which is why I try to focus as much as I can on rhythm because that's gonna make me sort of get out of the stock things that I usually play at least at the beginning of a chorus or two. And as a solo goes on, I kind of surrender to the moment, and then who knows what will happen. But my early stuff in a solo, I really focus on rhythm, so I'm not repeating myself from day to day. Man, well, I mean, there's some huge takeaways right there. Focusing on rhythm, you made a distinction between the beginning of your solo and later in the solo. And giving yourself permission, you know, people joke, oh, he plays the same stuff all the time. To me, that's not a bad thing. First of all, that is our vocabulary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's and and that's how you tell Clifford Brown apart from Freddie Hubbard. Their vocabulary, the words they choose to say, the way they choose to express themselves. So when you start repeating yourself, that's actually a good sign that you're on to something, as far as I'm concerned. I, I agree and with sure. that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. And, and, you know, and of course you have coaches and mentors that you trust to tell you like, Hey, maybe that one, not so much. Let's, let's find lick number two now. Mm-hmm. But man, in general, I think that's fantastic. Beautiful. Man, I want to hear you play. Come on. You're stalling. <laughs> All right. All right. Let me play. Um, so yeah, F, uh, F blues. All right, here we go. One, two, a one. <laughs> what i got that's what i got today anyway that is beautiful man let me ask you a question what are you hearing in your head when you're playing unaccompanied uh that's a great question uh a band i i man i got a great band going on in my head um you know really i'm yeah it's a great question yeah so interesting um i'm definitely hearing the drummer i'm playing with i Mm -hmm. tend to connect a lot with the drums, I think that's, I connect rhythmically and, and with that sort of, uh, and a conversation, I'm hearing things when I play blue dot, I'm hearing something, uh, respond to that. And so instead of counting rests or wondering when I should come in next, I'm hearing something in my head, answer something I just played some of the time, Beautiful. but I'm a sax player. I'm a sax player. So it's really my birthright to overplay <laughs> like as much as possible. <laughs> so, 
you know, so I mean, there's that. I'll, I'll own up to that. But that's cool. That's a great question. That's you, a great question. And so we were talking yeah. about unaccompanied playing. And so um, I, I think it's a really, really valuable thing to do is to be is to be able to play in a way where we're creating the time, the groove, the feel, playing melodies that are hinting at what the harmony is, or that contain the harmony might be a way to put it. I can't play harmony on this instrument, mm -hmm. but I can play melodies that give that shape. And now for the guitar players and piano players out there, um, I would say do this exercise too, but you don't get to count comp for yourself. Piano players, sit on your left hand and do this just solo lines. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I think that, that for me, playing unaccompanied, it really forces me to conceptualize the rest of the musicians I would be playing with, and it makes my time better when I'm playing with other musicians. Sometimes I put a metronome on, uh, and sometimes I don't. It all just sort of depends on how I'm feeling. I like to, to play unaccompanied without a metronome because it keeps me really honest with my time. Um, I, I can't lean on it. But yeah, it's a great exercise. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great suggestion. Oh, that's cool. Well, and, and inside Jazzwire, which I've mentioned a couple of times, Jazzwire subscription website that we do that has hundreds of adult students from 25 different countries now um, working with us. And uh, we just have this brand new capability to offer you a one week free trial, not a tour, not a, you know, uh, show you pictures of it. Come into Jazzwire, work with us for a week and see what it's about. So go to this link and in about 20 seconds, you put in your name, your email address, you are in. That's how it works. So I'm really excited to have a lot of you finally get to see what uh, I've been talking about for a couple of years now with Jazzwire. But yeah, that's, that's something um, I really... Uh, coax people to do is do some unaccompanied playing. It's scary. It's hard, all that stuff, but it's great for you. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And you know, one of the things we were joking about at the beginning with, uh, you know, hockey having three periods and the blues <laughs> kind of having three periods, right? I mean, the blues is broken down into these four measure phrases. And so that's also a really big thing to uh, be thinking of is playing inside those four measure phrases. And that's a lot of things, you know, the, if I'm working with a novice or intermediate player, one of the first things that, that can make the hugest difference is straightening out somebody's phrasing, mm -hmm. get them just playing really good, solid four measure uh, phrases. And the blues is amazing for that. And then the next step is, as you heard in Jeff's playing, and occasionally you heard in mine, it's how jazz musicians connect those phrases. Once you've learned to play in those those three clean four-measure phrases, how do you connect those phrases to each other with linking material? And the slick thing about the blues is, in bar four, there's a 2-5 that goes to the four chord. In bar eight, there's a 2-5 that goes to the two chord. In bar 12, there's a 2-5 that goes back to the one chord. Or you can back up to bar 11 and make it a 3-6-2-5 or a 1-6-2-5. So these, these little points that, that you can link these phrases together. And you'll hear Jeff and I play language in those bars that connect the other measures to each other, the other phrases to each other. So I know that's how you're thinking because I can hear it in your playing. And I'm trying to think that way when I'm playing the blues too. Yeah. Well, well, that's huge. And so now we're starting to get into the harmonic conversation. And of course, this goes on for years, right? I mean, the blues, like I was saying, is such a simple, but such a deep form. And that's why people have been playing the blues for way over a hundred years and how it's still challenging and fascinating. 
So right, you're talking about secondary dominance and 3625. So I know we've got a lot of students out there watching who know what we're talking about. We're here talking to the adult students. Uh, we've got folks that know what we're talking about, others that it's they kind of get it, others not quite sure. So here's the thing. To those people, I want to say, yeah, come take that free trial and find out about this stuff. This is something all of you can do. It doesn't matter whether you're an ear player or whether you're great at theory, but you're not so good at the feel. That's all. That's what James and I do all day is work with people and get them sounding better than they ever imagined they could sound. So, man, I, I think we can leave it there. So I really hope that uh, people um, join the mailing list. And so they'll get the PDFs each time, um, transcriptions of what we played here. I hope I can figure it out. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. And and this is actually kind of a nice uh, segue into uh, next week's show where we're going to be talking um, about uh, really one of the great choruses of blues ever played, a Hank Mobley solo mm -hmm. that actually James hit me to. So talking about these secondary dominance and some of the things we hinted at, that's what we're going to get to next week. So uh, maybe let's just leave it there, James. Put Beautiful. on that pink uh, hockey jersey and have a great day. Yeah, I'm going to go, get, I'm gonna go uh, take some slap shots at the garage door. I'll see you all later. My man. <laughs> take care. Cheers. Cheers.